This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. You are going to love this story. I just know it. Sometimes I get a feeling, you know? This story gives me that feeling. Oh, it looks like I have an email. Attention Frogcaster. Huh? Attention Frogcaster. This is a courtesy notice from the Department of Spider and Beetle Home Environment Regulations. Our Regulation Adherence Review Committee has received a formal complaint from one or more spider and or beetle residents of your studio detailing a lack of game insects, game insects, including, but not limited to, flies, horseflies, dragonflies, clusterflies, gnats, and ants. The complaint review process will take an estimated 47 weeks, plus or minus 17 weeks. What? For the duration of the review period, please cease cleaning, dusting, vacuuming, and all other activities with the potential to limit the spiders and or beetles' access to game insects. Signed, the Adherence Review Committee, Department of Spider, and oh my gosh, how is this real? And I'm a podcaster, not a frogcaster. I'm looking up there, and what do you know? I've got an audience in the corner. I know you submitted that complaint, and I have zero intentions to stop cleaning my studio. Game insects. Are you kidding me? Tiny people, this is too much. I I cannot even begin to address this, this complaint right now. I'll deal with it later, after the story. It's called The Fence. Take it away, Leonie. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine the pictures however you want. Okay, here we go. Mr. Felix is a quiet fellow. He lives at the base of an ancient hickory tree. When it rains, he goes inside. When it snows... He goes inside. Mr. Felix has seen many things over his long life. As with anyone who has lived a bit of time, there are things he loves to remember and things he wishes to forget. When a storm is on its way, even miles off, Mr. Felix feels a twinge in his bad knee and knows it's time to leave the forest to more daring animals. If he is slow-moving, as he often is, and gets a glimpse of storm clouds gathering overhead, painful memories darken his thoughts, and he feels an additional twinge in his heart. But when the sun is shining and the birds are singing, Mr. Felix ambles out of his old hickory, stretches himself on the lounge chair he built years ago, the one cushioned with sun-dried dandelion stems, and gazes up 
at the cotton candy clouds drifting above the forest canopy. On those sweet days, Mr. Felix feels neither nostalgia nor disappointment. He focuses solely on the moment, the now. Yes, Mr. Felix loves his paw-made lounge chair, and he loves his hickory, and he loves his forest. But what he loves most is to be alone. When Mr. Felix is alone, he can simply be. When he is alone, he can be the very same rabbit he was as a child. It is when others are around that Mr. Felix gets growly. He is no longer one with his inner rabbit child. The noise other creatures, especially young creatures, bring grates at him like an unscratchable itch on the surface of his brain. Their bothersome tendencies intrude on his peace, like when they scamper on his stone path, tracking mud from the river that he will have to find time to scrape off, or when they disturb the roots of his ancient hickory with their dance parties and their frolicking. When others are around, Mr. Felix feels himself transform into a grumpy old rabbit. A get-off-my-lawn old rabbit. Unfortunately, that version of Mr. Felix, the grumpy old get-off-my-lawn version, is the only version of Mr. Felix that anyone in the forest knows. What you're frolicking! Who damaged this root? Urgh. The animals on the receiving end of Mr. Felix's outbursts always freeze mid-frolic. They suddenly appear much younger than they had moments earlier. Their eyes expand, their noses quiver, and then they scamper away. It always makes Mr. Felix even angrier to see their hurt faces, as if he's some monster for not wanting them to gallivant near his hickory. Once, years ago, Mr. Felix's mother visited from across the forest. She took a wrong turn and asked several creatures for help in finding her son. But even though she described him the way only a mother could, he was always a helpful bunny, loyal and true, with the smoothest whiskers you could ever see. Older rabbits used to stop and comment on his smooth Not whiskers. one yes, creature had the faintest idea who she was talking about. Sorry, doesn't ring a bell. I don't think I know a rabbit with that description. I know a Mr. Felix, but he's nothing like what you're describing. We all steer clear of him. None of them could imagine Mr. Felix as a young rabbit with whiskers so smooth they'd draw remarks from passers-by. Mr. Felix was old, and must have always been old. The idea of him being a baby, even long ago, was inconceivable. Mr. Felix's poor mother had to wait for her son's scent to waft to her on the breeze in order to make it to his tree step. Yes, 
Everyone in the forest has learned to stay well away from Mr. Felix. Well, nearly everyone. Good morning, Mr. Felix. How is your day going so far? Did you hear the birds just now? Gosh, they are beautiful, aren't they? We learned bird call identification last week in Mole Scouts. It's Marcus. Marcus never forgets to say hello. He takes the lessons he's learned in Mole Scouts to heart. Like the lesson about paying attention to neighbors in the forest to best help them in times of need. He also has the remarkable ability to appear without warning. Today, he has a knapsack on his back on his way to school. Mr. Felix is tending to his flowers. His aging heart is now recovering from being startled by his young neighbor. The wisps of clouds shift in the sky, and the sun is at once a heat lamp above them. Mr. Felix seeks cover in the shade of his hickory. He grunts in reply to Marcus, hoping he will take a hint and leave. Marcus doesn't leave. Looks like it's going to be a lounge chair kind of day, Mr. Felix, don't you think? Sunny and clear. Marcus's exuberant voice sends a flicker of annoyance through Mr. Felix. His rabbit nose quivers. The paw that holds his rosebush clippers tremors. He feels a growl forming in his throat. But then... Don't worry, Mr. Felix, Marcus says, grinning. I redirected some squirrels around your stone path this morning when I was out picking berries for my mother. They'd just come in from the river, and I know how you feel about creatures tracking mud on your stone path. As Marcus carries on... By the way, I noticed you had some standing water from the rain Mr. The Felix night feels the, the growl recede from his throat. Marcus has a way of disarming Mr. Felix. He's just so cheerful. Then there's the fact that Marcus bears an uncanny resemblance in personality to someone Mr. Felix used to know. Someone Mr. Felix would rather not be reminded of. You had some rocks and sediment blocking the natural flow of the water, so I went ahead and rearranged them for you. Marcus beams, his enormous eyes shining behind his thick glasses. Mr. Felix sighs. <sighs> Thanks, he grumbles. You are super-duper welcome, Mr. Felix. That's what neighbors are for. Mr. Felix knows, at least, it is wrong to glare at Marcus after such a kindness. With great effort, he manages to squint instead of glare. Marcus flashes a toothy grin, hikes his knapsack further up his shoulders, and sets off for school. See you tomorrow, Mr. Felix. Hmm, Mr. Felix mutters. He watches Marcus disappear over the hill, then makes his way to his lounge chair. He gazes up at the blue sky until he settles in for a nice afternoon nap. The next day, Mr. Felix is working in his vegetable garden. His carrots are nearly ready to pluck from the ground, 
He pats the earth around them, gently coaxing them to sweeten themselves in these last few... Good morning, Mr. Felix. Mr. Felix hops into the air at the sound, startled out of his reverie. His aging knees are rusty, creaking. He winces once he's back on the ground. He glares at Marcus. Wow, Mr. Felix, your carrots are looking beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen carrot greens so green before. Looks like they're about ready to pick. We'll be learning gardening skills and mole scouts next week. I can't wait. Maybe you can give me some tips, seeing as how you've got such a green paw. Mr. Felix says nothing. He stares at Marcus as he cradles his sore knee, the left one, which has been achy for many years. Well, I'm off to school. Have a fantastic day, Mr. Felix. And don't hesitate to let me know if you need help harvesting those beauties. Hmm, Mr. Felix mutters. He watches Marcus hike up his knapsack and scamper into the woods. I will never need your help, Mr. Felix says under his breath, once Marcus is out of sight. Two days later, Mr. Felix is cleaning his lounge chair. A creature must have visited it in the night. Whoever it was, it left wisps of fur amongst the cushion of dandelion stems. Hmm. This happens every so often. Creatures see his lounge chair and figure it's a public bench or something. Mr. Felix shakes his head and stoops, plucking fibers of fur one by one from his beloved resting place. Classical music drifts through the forest. It's the forest orchestra, and despite himself, Mr. Felix feels himself relax at the sound of it. They're quite talented this year. Not like last year, when they had that conductor with the penchant for Good morning, Mr. Felix! For a second there, Mr. Felix feels as if his heart has stopped. He is too old for this. As Marcus begins rambling on about something or other, I can't believe animals keep taking naps in your lounge chair, Mr. Felix. Mr. Felix's head heats up like a kettle set to boil. His rabbit ears stand up straight on his head. He feels his face settle into an ugly mask. How dare this creature sneak up on him day after day. How dare he... It's not very considerate of them. Maybe we could put up a sign that says, Enough! Mr. Felix shouts. Marcus stops prattling and looks at Mr. Felix, his big eyes shining behind his glasses. Oh, Marcus says. Oh, okay, Mr. Felix. You are clearly very busy. Marcus gives a small smile, even as his brow furrows in confusion. Mr. Felix fumes. Marcus hikes up his knapsack and trots off to school before Mr. Felix can manage to say anything else. He spends the rest of the morning plucking fur from his lounge chair, muttering things he wished he had thought to say to Marcus. 
A week goes by. During the week, Mr. Felix concludes that Marcus is a problem. Mr. Felix has tried glaring. He has tried knitting his eyebrows together. He has grunted. He has shouted. None of it has had any effect on Marcus, who continues to startle Mr. Felix with his unnecessary salutations. Hello there, Mr. Felix. Updates on mole scouts. This week we're learning about knots. And Oh, isn't such and such beautiful? Did you catch that full moon last night, Mr. Felix? Beautiful. Each and every day, Marcus is a big problem. And fixing the problem is now a task Mr. Felix must complete. Just as when he plucks fur out of his lounge chair or scrapes mud off his stone path. A week after Mr. Felix's outburst, He takes drastic action. He begins building a fence. Mr. Felix has a knack for carpentry. It doesn't take him long to make good progress on his fence. It occurs to him that a fence, a good strong one, encircling his old hickory will have numerous benefits. It will keep the frolicking animals out of his yard with their dancing and their laughter, It will deter sneaky creatures from taking midnight naps in his lounge chair. His stone path will never get muddy, as there will be no paws prancing carelessly across them. But most importantly, his fence will keep Marcus out. It's a gorgeous day. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. If Mr. Felix didn't have so much work to do, he'd be spending a day like this in his lounge chair. As he hammers a board into place, Good morning, Mr. Felix. Marcus startles him so badly he nearly hammers his own paw. Mr. Felix feels the heat of anger creep up his furry neck. He tries to ignore Marcus reminding himself that once his fence is done, the problem will be solved forever. Wow, this is quite a project, Mr. Felix. Hmm. Mr. Felix keeps his eyes on his work. If there is ever a time when Marcus should be able to take a hint, this is it. But Marcus does not take the hint. This is some impressive craftsmanship. Are you sure you weren't a mole scout? Marcus says with a giggle. (laughs) Mr. Felix again feels his head heating up like a kettle on the verge of a boil. I have to leave for school, but I'm happy to help you later today. If I help, we could probably finish this whole fence in one day. Working together, we could certainly... There is no we, Mr. Felix bellows. The kettle boils. There will never be a we. There is me, and there is you, and you are trespassing on my property. It is Marcus's turn to be startled. And by the way, I'm not some mole scout badge you can earn. At that last declaration, Mr. Felix feels an intense satisfaction wash over him. He feels a sneer on his lips. It vanishes as soon as he sees 
Marcus's face. Marcus looks like he's been slapped. His eyes well up, and he turns away, embarrassed. The hot rage that filled Mr. Felix moments ago cools in an instant. He feels a lump in his throat. There is something so familiar about the expression on Marcus's face, something that dredges up a painful memory in Mr. Felix. He watches, holding his breath, as Marcus gulps, trying to swallow the sting of Mr. Felix's outburst. Then, Marcus straightens himself and looks Mr. Felix in the eye. Marcus's steady eye contact makes Mr. Felix's vision swim. It's the confident eye contact of a mole scout. I'm sorry, Mr. Felix. I won't bother you again, Marcus says. He turns and slips around the half-finished fence. Mr. Felix realizes he hasn't breathed in over a minute. He doubles over, gasping for air, feeling his age. He stares at his fence. It's solidly built. Even though it's unfinished, Mr. Felix is alone. The sky is blue. The clouds are marshmallow puffs. It's a lounge chair day. Mr. Felix makes his way to his lounge chair. He puts a paw on the chair, readying himself to lie down. But his paw shakes, uncontrollably, taken over by a tremor. Mr. Felix looks back at his fence, then at the blue sky. He ambles inside his tree, telling himself he's finally gotten what he's wanted, to be left in peace. The next day, Mr. Felix completes the fence. It has a single gate, which he locks. Marcus does not stop by. Weeks pass. The forest is alive with autumn preparations. There are harvest festivals, dance parties. The forest is the stage on which countless comedies and tragedies play out. But inside Mr. Felix's fence, there is quiet. There are no paw prints on Mr. Felix's stone pathway. There is no more troublesome gallivanting. There are no more shenanigans. There is no more Marcus. Mr. Felix's outburst was harsh, but it did its job, he tells himself. It saved them both a lot of wasted time, he tells himself. He tells himself a lot of things these days, as there is no one else to tell. Mr. Felix has wished for solitude for so long, and now he has it. And yet, sometimes, he peeks through the fence. Once, he hears Marcus's mother's voice. I'm so proud of you, Marky. Aw, thanks, Mom. Mr. Felix ambles over and looks through a small hole in the fence. He sees Marcus showing his mother a new merit badge he's earned. Mr. Felix feels something swell in his chest. Must be heartburn, he mutters. He wipes away the mist that's gathered in his eyes. 
and returns to his lounge chair. On a weekend morning, in late fall, Mr. Felix is in his yard, raking leaves. The sky is gray. Mr. Felix feels a twinge in his bad knee. He ignores it as he finishes his task. He hears Marcus's family talking outside their tree. We'll be back by six. And Marky? Yes, Mom? Make sure you feed Norman. He's been so lethargic lately. Yes, Mom. And Marky? Yes, Dad? Don't wander too far from the tree. Yes, Dad. They say their goodbyes, and Mr. Felix hears Marcus's parents scamper into the woods. He hears Marcus rustling around, probably practicing knot tying or something. Eventually, Mr. Felix finishes raking. The sky is a deep gray, and his knee is very sore. He ambles into his hickory and shuts the door behind him. Just as his knee predicts, a storm rips through the woods. Inside, Mr. Felix hears his old hickory creaking. Outside, the wind is howling. Then he hears something else. A deafening clap of thunder. A tree falling, hitting the ground with a tremendous crash. Terrible memories of a long-ago storm fill Mr. Felix's mind. The twinge in his knee is joined by a twinge in his heart. Mr. Felix is torn between the past and the present, his thoughts addled. There is another great crack of thunder bringing Mr. Felix firmly into the present moment, and it hits him. He knows whose tree has fallen. Mr. Felix dashes out of his hickory and into the storm. The rain comes down in torrents, the wind in fierce spirals. Mr. Felix hops haltingly through the raging weather. Over the top of his fence, he can see Marcus's family tree has indeed fallen to the ground. It is stretched on the forest floor, its roots pulled up. Some of its branches have fallen into Mr. Felix's yard. There is one large branch leaning against Mr. Felix's fence. He sees a pair of broken glasses poking up from the leaves. Then he sees a tiny paw poking out from beneath the tree trunk. No! Mr. Felix pushes painful memories away as he reaches his fence. He grabs for the latch on the gate, but it is twisted, out of shape. A branch from Marcus's tree must have knocked it. The latch is crooked. Mr. Felix pulls at it, trying to lift it, but it will not come unstuck. He considers hopping the fence, something he could have done easily as a young rabbit, but he knows he cannot clear it. There's another crack of thunder. Mr. Felix looks at the tiny foot beneath the tree and makes a split-second decision. He hops to his little shed as fast as his old legs can carry him. He tears it open and grabs his axe. He hops back to the fence, axe in paw. It feels as though the storm is bearing down on him. Leaves fly into his face, 
and he snatches them away. He finally makes it to his fence, the one he'd built to keep everyone out. He raises his axe. The axe crashes through the fence in an instant. Mr. Felix raises it once more, bringing it down with as much force as he can muster. The cold rain pelts his fur as he destroys the wooden gate. As soon as there is enough of an opening, he dashes through it, hopping through splinters of wood to reach Marcus. He finds him, pinned beneath the massive tree, eyes shut. Mr. Felix uses the axe as a lever and creates just enough space to pull Marcus out from beneath his fallen home. Mr. Felix's breath catches in his throat. Marcus is limp in his paws. The sorrow of a long-ago day, a long-ago storm, wash over him as he holds the little mole. Not this time, he thinks. Just when he fears the worst has happened, he sees Marcus's little chest rise and fall. His eyes are closed, but his heart is beating. Mr. Felix nearly faints from relief. Holding Marcus in his paws, he feels a flicker run through him. It is not a flicker of annoyance. It is something else. A feeling that transports Mr. Felix back to his days as a young rabbit with enviable whiskers. Back to when he was Marcus's age and everything was new and life was still an unwrapped box of possibilities. As Mr. Felix holds Marcus, he feels a flicker of hope. Marcus will live. Marcus will grow up and find his way in the big wide forest. For Marcus, life is still an unwrapped box of possibilities. Mr. Felix feels something warm in his eye. He blinks and a tear slips down his furry cheek and drops onto Marcus's nose. Marcus's eyes flutter open. His eyes look so tiny without his glasses. Marcus sets his unfocused gaze on the gray sky, and then he shifts it to Mr. Felix. Hello, Mr. Felix, he murmurs. Mr. Felix's heart leaps. Marcus sits up. Mr. Felix expects him to bound out of his arms and begin chattering as usual. Instead, he lunges forward, grasping Mr. Felix in the grip of a tiny but fierce mole hug. Thank you, Mr. Felix. You're my hero, he whispers. Weeks later, on a sunny morning in November, Mr. Felix is scraping mud off his stone path. The night before, a raucous group of raccoons frolicked by his hickory. Mr. Felix feels a flash of irritation 
remembering their loud partying just outside his door. Without his fence, there is nothing keeping them out. Mr. Felix has made peace with this. Good morning, Mr. Felix, Marcus says, appearing from the other side of the hickory. These days, he scampers with a limp. His leg will improve over time, but it will always give him a slight twinge when the weather turns. Good morning, Marcus. Marcus's family has moved to a nearby tree. Each morning, Marcus stops by on his way to school to work with Mr. Felix on their big project. The storm that downed Marcus's family's tree left old Mrs. Butterscotch treeless as well. When Mr. Felix had presented Marcus with the idea of using wood for Mr. Felix's fence to build Mrs. Butterscotch new stairs and a cozy entryway for her new tree, Marcus had looked up at him, his big eyes blinking behind a new pair of glasses. I thought there was no we, Mr. Felix. Well, I was wrong. Today, Marcus is putting the final touches on old Mrs. Butterscotch's new railing to assist her as she ambles up the steps to the door. Next week, Marcus will earn a merit badge from the Mole Scouts for his efforts to help his neighbor in need. But he's not doing it for the badge. After they finish work on Mrs. Butterscotch's tree, Marcus has plans to create a frolicking trail for Mr. Felix. A special trail for forest animals passing by Mr. Felix's hickory. It will travel well around his stone path. Marcus, having learned more about his gruff but lovable neighbor, plans not to startle but to gently surprise Mr. Felix with it in a few weeks. I have an email. Dear Rhea, please disregard that last email you received. It was intended for Perchance McMillan, a local frog caster. Signed, the Studio Spider and Beetle Conglomerate. Perchance McMillan, are you kidding me? Frog casters are not even a thing. I know you are just regretting making that complaint against me. Ugh, did they really not have anything better to do than interrupt my studio time? <sighs> All right, moving on from this absurdity. I loved writing this story. I hope you loved listening to it. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. You can visit my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com, to find my two picture books, 
Little Hedgehog Goes to School, and Little Fox Can't Wait to Dream, as well as t-shirts and other fun merch. You can also sign up for my email list, which I occasionally use to share big news or to put out a call for specific sound effects. Thank you to everyone who has shared the podcast with a friend. I would love for my stories to reach more children around the world. If you get something of value from what I do, please consider telling a friend about the podcast. Thank you to Leonie for providing the super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you to the listeners who provided the wonderful sound effects used in this story. Thank you to Mila, Peter, Audrey, and Anna. And thank you, as always, for listening in.